When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Michael Leboff and joining me via Zencaster on this Sunday evening is my compadre Dan Saraceni and Dan. This show has a formula. It's tried and true. Usually you open the show, you give a quick 30,000 view of the state of the Islanders, and then you throw me, you know, a question or a little breadcrumb for me to follow. Next thing you know, we're down a rabbit hole. I'll find a way to work in like Dustin Cohn's name or something, and then I throw it back to you. Right. But I wanted to start this one off for the first time ever. Because I have a question for you, and it's a question I answered myself in my own head when I was walking Elvis before, and it's, have you ever been more genuinely and pleasantly surprised by a stretch of games than you were this week by the New York Islanders? Wow, that is a great question, and a great job on the intro, I must say, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I was genuinely and pleasantly surprised by these three games and we'll we'll get back to them in a little bit when we talk about how we uh, looked at those games last week in anticipation but I don't know that's a really good question I'm trying to think I mean there have been there have been runs you know and if we're talking about regular season there have been runs yes, before. Regular season. yeah I should say regular season yeah I mean there was like you know that um but they're hard to remember like it was just sort of like a whirlwind thing um I mean, there, I could, you could go back to the 11 one and one stretch from 20 years ago, but like these three games, given the circumstances, given how we talked about them, 
given like the framing and the opponents and everything. This is pretty wild. I did not expect six out of six points here. And I'm not going to lie when they tied and then took the lead in that game against the avalanche on Saturday, I did something I almost never do for the regular season is I was jumping up and down and hooting and hollering like it was a playoff game. I'm surprised my daughter didn't come down and be like, what are you doing, dad? Because <laughs> like, you know, I was like <laughs> cheering and like vocally I was la- Butch said something after Scott Mayfield's goal that made me laugh. And I was just I was beside myself. I couldn't get it. So, I mean, you said you answered the question. I mean, does that mean yes? Like this is this is it for you? Yeah, or, I, I mean, yeah, I think the answer is yes, because mm-hmm. the. The way we left Sunday, not just the episode, those games, and yeah. woke up Monday morning and Islander fans were just completely licking their wounds. <laughs> you, I think every one of us has like a, a circle of trust, a circle of friends, um, Islander friends, where like y- you're kind of on the same level of fandom, rationality. You know, you, you have your friends who, who you can trust. You're like, oh, this, you know, he's a good Islander fan. He's a good person. She's a good person. They don't get carried away. Um, one way or the other on the mm-hmm. pendulum. Of course, we all have friends who are, you know, on, on, on either side of the spectrum, maybe too optimistic, maybe too pessimistic. Um, and, you know, when I was kind of canvassing those people, every single one of them after Sunday night reported back to me and I reported to them the same thing, which was, you know, it, it does feel like this season is already over. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's, we kept caveating it with that's the six games i get Mm -hmm. it but given what happened last year and all the context we have and the lack of reinforcements everything it really did feel like this was it um and because of the daunting mountain that they had to climb the next week of these three teams three and four nights by the way Mm. yeah um you know they they they, they, (laughs) like they played in on, uh, they played the Rangers in the UBS Arena on Long Island on Wednesday, traveled to Carolina and then back for the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Hurricanes Avalanche two step. And um, that really looked horrifying, like to the point where I was saying there is a path to an 11 game losing streak on the yeah. last episode. I, I wanna go, I'm going to probably go listen to that episode later today, <laughs> just like that point and, and, and just hear myself talk because I was t- I was a different person back then. I was a yeah. different person living in a different world. <laughs> Uh, talking about it, this this New York Islander team going on another eleven game losing streak, right. um, but all my friends who like I you know I talked to and you know that includes you that they, you know and, and and the Islander group chats we're in like nobody was saying to me at least very few people I should say um, I will give credit to to Desmond from the Through the Island podcast because even though he I wouldn't say he was saying he was overly optimistic he was at least saying just like you know take a deep breath. Yeah, um, he's been doing that on Twitter too. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't listen to him, obviously, <laughs> but um, I did not take a deep breath. Um, but nobody else, nobody else really was saying, you know, squat about that. You know, just give them a chance. Maybe they'll surprise mm-hmm. us. Nobody said that. Everyone was said if we get three points out of this, uh, like at least it gives us like we can tread water for a couple more weeks. Mm. I. Oh, the Islanders an apology. <laughs> I owe like each player individually an apology. I owe Lane Lambert like an apology. I I seriously like I cannot believe that we're sitting here. I almost imagined it last at the end of last episode. Uh, this is something I do during the playoffs a lot. Like I, I remember specifically after the Lightning lost Game One against the Leafs, mm. being like, just you know, remember how you feel now, just in case the unthinkable happens right. and the Lightning come back and win this series and. 
because at that point it looked like they were going to be played off the, the ice. And I did the same thing after game five when they lightning blew that lead. And I was on the train home from a work thing. And I was like, just remember how you feel now, just in case the lightning come back and win. And you can, you can revisit this moment and this feeling. And um, you know, that, that gives you kind of for, for going forward that you, you just can't predict sports. You, you can't. Mm. And I remember last, uh, after we finished wrapped, we wrapped up our last episode, I walked out of the room that I recorded and I said, just remember how you felt. <laughs> remember the hopelessness and the fact that you were literally thinking there's 12 more months to go until another meaningful <laughs> Islander game. Um, and just remember that. So that if, if the unthinkable happens, you can revisit mm. it. And I've spent the past 24 hours or 22 hours now, I guess, revisiting it. And I can't, I am, I'm happier now than I've been in so long in terms of this Islander team. Uh, probably, you know, regular season happiness is much different from playoff happiness. Yes. Oh, you know, playoff happiness is much more relief than anything. This, <laughs> this is like, you know, you're excited. It's really yeah. exciting when you, regular season happiness. So I can't, I mean, this is just, you know, stupendous. Yeah, no, it was, I, I agree with all of that. And yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I would, I'm not, let me, how do I put this? I think, you know, apologies could be in order for sure. Uh, we were pretty harsh last episode, with, or at least harsh for us. You know, we had a few people be like, man, you guys really gave it to them. <laughs> Deservedly so. And I was like, yeah, I guess we kind of did. Again, for us, that, that was pretty harsh. But And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are like, oh, great. Now they're going to celebrate these wins after they were ready to, like, <laughs> you know, toss away the whole season. But, again, you got to go back and look at the situation. They had lost three games in a row. And quite frankly, looked like for the most part, like stank ass doing it. Like they were terrible. They were terrible against the Devils. They were somewhat better against the Lightning, still lost. And then they were pretty terrible against the Panthers. And so there was nothing. And then you had the three, you know, three big teams coming up. And again, three and four nights. There was very little indications to think that they would do what they did. But like you said, you can't predict sports. And this team just. You know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, we're gonna talk about some little, you know, flaws that are still present here and there, uh, a little bit later. But you know, this team really, I think, showed a lot of people something, and it showed not just us, but you know, people that were ready to be like, ah, forget these guys, they're they're done. Like, you know, the whole the whole thing is is over for them, and you know, they're they're gonna just hang out in the bottom of the division. I mean, that's still obviously possible. I mean, we're only we're only nine games into the season right now, but this was a very impressive run of games and so let's just look them over real quick i mean i won't go into all the details but we're talking about a three nothing win over the rangers in which Ilya sorokin basically just tore the heart out of the rangers and like you know squeezed it in his hand sort of indiana jones in the temple of doom style it was great to see uh then there was a 6-2 win in carolina against the hurricanes a place that has never been kind to the islanders ever um and they played a very complete game you know they didn't just get lucky they played very well with one of the better teams in the, in the conference. And then m probably most improbably was the five, four win at home against the defending Stanley cup champion, Colorado avalanche that I almost still can't believe I watched. Like it's just, it, that was such an insane game. And uh, I guess we'll just, we'll just pick it up with the details there. I mean, the first period was very even was nothing, nothing. And you know, you thought, okay, well, yeah, no score yet, but that was a, that was a very good period for those guys. The Avalanche jump out to a three nothing lead in the third in the second period. Like they, the Islanders really weren't great for ten minutes. Simeon Varlamov did not look very well. You thought, all right, well they played last night. This team is very good. They their streak of twenty eight 
killed straight uh, penalties ended by Evan Rodriguez of all people. You know, that's a weird, you know, not, not Sebastian Ajo, not Sveshnikov, not Panarin, not any of these, not, not a Kachuk, none of these guys. It was Evan Rodriguez of all people to break the streak. Um, and you thought, all right, well, th- that happens. And then they, they give a breakaway goal to Rantanen. And then like a minute later, it's Rodriguez again. And you're like, all right, well, that's, that's the end of this. But then something crazy happens. Noah Dobson scores before the end of the period. And you're like, oh, all right, well, at least they broke the shutout. So it doesn't, 3 1 looks a lot better than 3 nothing, right? And then the third period opens with the Avalanche just setting up camp in the Islander zone. And you're like, all right, well, here, here's where they put the foot down and, and they're done with it. But the Islanders just didn't let that happen. Zach Parisi scored out of a pile. I got a lot of things to say about Zach Parisi, hopefully in this episode. I don't forget. And then for all the setting up that the Avalanche did in the first part of the period in the Islander zone, the Islanders did it to the Avalanche <laughs> a little bit a few minutes later. And Barzell just sort of took over the game. And he found Scott Mayfield, of all people, in the back door to tie the game. And then 17 seconds later, Anthony Beauvillier scores to give them the lead. The place was going completely bananas. I, I think that might have been the loudest UBS had ever gotten. There was that game against Chicago last year. But this was just like, it was a playoff game. Like, it was crazy. Uh, and then they played very well the rest of the way. Alex Newhook scored to make it 5-4. Well, oh, no, sorry. Uh, there was an empty net goal. Brock Nelson right there to make, you know, to make it 5-3. And then Newhook got the empty net goal and then with 30 seconds left. And then that was it. But, like, that was a very impressive game. And, you know, the, yeah, okay, fine. The Avalanche played the night before too, but so did the Islanders. And the Islanders just, you know, aside from that really 10-minute stretch in the second period, the Islanders were played very, very well, right with and sometimes better than the defending cup champions. And, I mean, of those three wins, I think that's probably the most impressive. But if you picked any of the other two, I, I, I can't argue with you. <laughs> they're, they're all really, really good. So, I mean, what would, what would be your pick for the, the best of the, of the three of them? Man, <laughs> it, it yeah, it is because it's it. They all mean something very different, right? Um, that Rangers game, obviously, I think yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Like you, you, considering the you know the opponent, right? Um, the situation that was the of the bunch that was the must win game. I yeah, thought for sure. Um, and and we said that was the one that if they were going to win one, it would be that one because they always play yeah. against the Rangers. Yeah. And I was I was a little encouraged before the game. I. I had a good feeling because I was just watching the Islanders get steamed in the betting market before that game. And a lot of it was because of Halak versus Sorokin and the yeah. betting market really likes Ilya Sorokin. Um, so like he's the, the, the numbers just com- getting more and more expensive on the Islanders. I'm like, all right, maybe there is like some, something that we're missing that the market is picking up on and, and they turned out to be right. And, um, but I, I think what I liked about that game was it's, of the three, they probably played the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they played us. I people would say like, oh, you know, like Rangers tilted the ice. They just Rangers probably were the more deserving team, whatever. But what the Islanders did in that game was they showed that resiliency that we didn't see at all last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they winning a game when you have an elite goalie, you can win games, and it's sustainable. There's a sustainable way to win games that that doesn't require you to dominate. Right. Like you can just right. basically bend and not break. He's the safety valve, basically. Right. And that's exactly what they did. And <laughs> and they knew he was on and they played a game, a style of hockey that kind of complemented that. And I that was such an encouraging sign. And that's why that game sticks out a little bit to me. The Hurricanes and Avalanche games. And we did a whole special on Josh Bailey. So, yes. like, I won't get too much into it. If you want to hear us talk about Josh Bailey um, <laughs> for, for 30 minutes, like you can hear that episode <laughs> that we did on Friday. Um 
damn, that was emotional watching that game because it did seem like they came out, shot out of a cannon because it was Josh Bailey's 1,000th game. Yeah. Like, you could see the the the, the, the team kind of just ga- be galvanized by it. And the, the thing that really stuck out to me was that penalty kill. Uh, yes. The, the Pajot, um, you know, uh, yeah. Bailey scores. So they go up 3-2 after they, you know, they blowing they'd score the Haynes would score score Keynes would score and then Bailey scores a beautiful goal mm. uh on his thousand thousandth game <laughs> and uh immediately after that Parisi takes a penalty and then immediately after that Pellick takes a, a penalty so we're looking at like a minute and a half 90 seconds of five on three right after you score and damn it if no other Islander fans are thinking this like just hold mm. them to one you know, let's right. get out of this PK tie. Uh, and then that became, you know, I, I would be thrilled if they held him to one because Ryan Pollock's stick explodes into bits 10 yeah. seconds into the kill. <laughs> so it's now five on two in a statue. Yeah. And the statue, J.G. Peugeot, is just, you know, giving everything he's got, chasing the puck around, blocking like shots. Sliding, and Sorokin's blocking amazing. with his skates, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing to watch them preserve the lead that Josh Bailey gave them. So like the the that Hurricanes game felt like okay, so like the Rangers game was was the simmer, the Hurricanes game felt like okay, there's some some notable things happening. They're galvanizing, and then that Avalanche game was the holy shit moment, you know. <laughs> like and and we're now talking about a three game winning streak after talking about, you know, like 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 this team is a rocket ship going to the Stanley Cup final after talking about them like the season was <laughs> over after a three game losing streak. And I, right. and I'm totally aware of that, but this is, this is the highs and lows of the regular season, right? Like it's 82 games. This is going to happen. Um, but there does just, you know, it, it, there does seem to be some thing brewing under the surface here a little bit because everyone's starting to get up to speed. Like Brock Nelson was, yeah. Not great in the first two weeks of the season. Last week, he was great the, the, yeah. the, the, from basically starting with that Hurricanes game on. Had two huge uh, goals in the third period of that Hurricanes yes. game. Yeah, was re- I thought he was really good against the Avalanche. And then yeah. uh, Mike Barzell was, uh, abs- was unplayable in for, for at least <laughs> a game and a half between the, the Hurricanes and Avalanche games. Like that shift that he had that led to the Mayfield goal. Mm. So it's th- there's something there does seem to be something happening. And, 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 you know, we can remember what Barry Trotz said, like when the Islanders are start going, you can kind of just tell because it's like an 18 wheeler mm. hurling down the street. And it does, it did start to feel like that. And and I know like they've, they've got a game against the Blackhawks, which is a complete banana skin waiting for them on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, But it does, it did start to have some of those elements. The goalies, you know, the goal, Sorokin was just splendid. Uh, the defense starts to click. I, I, I was having a ball watching Alex Romanov play. He was really he, good against the Avalanche. Yeah. And did you like he? He was on the ice for the no, the, the Dobson goal and the Beauvillier goal. Mm-hmm. And the man was just so excited. And he just <laughs> he really seems to be enjoying his time. And they seem to yeah. like him a lot too. And um, you know, that that Barzell to Bailey play in the Hurricanes game actually there was a a deja vu moment there because Barzell skated over to Bailey. Like, mm. um, you know, like like his best friend in the whole world just scored or you know won the lottery or something, uh, and it really reminded me of when the when the Islanders welcomed uh their former captain back, uh, mm. in late February, uh, twenty nineteen, 
but Anthony Beauvillier scored a goal, but Josh Bailey set it up and him and Barzell just skated right over to Bailey. It was the first time I've ever seen the goal <laughs> goal celebration be centered around the guy who made the assist. Um, and then I watched ba- Barzell do that kind of same look on his face to Bailey in the Hurricanes game. And then in the Avalanche game, I watched Cal Clutterbuck and Scott Mayfield when Barzell had that ridiculous shift yeah. that ended up with the Mayfield goal. Clutterbuck, like he had that look in his eyes, like he was blinking really fast, like you'd see in a cartoon when something happens that they can't process and and he was like holy crap and then just skated over to barzell and so did mayfield mm. um and that's like the type of stuff the little things that when you're watching every game and you're, you're bricking it through every game like you notice those things and and it, and it adds to the experience yeah so yeah i mean i i can't I, I think the rangers game in a weird way does stick out to me as like the most important because um mm. i don't know if they win the next two without like the pressure mounts and whatever but uh they like I said at the top, like this is as genuinely pleasantly surprised as I've been by a three or four or five game stretch in the regular season by this team in a long, long time. Yeah, um, yeah, the Ranger game. You could make the argument that Sorokin stole that game, and and you know what? That's not an indictment of the Islanders. Like that happens. That happens in game. You just, every every team has to have their goalie steal a game every once in a while. And and you know, in fairness, Kyle Palmieri had two goals in that game. I think yes. even. He and if you go back and look at those goals and again, no, no offense to Kyle Palmieri, I think you'll see that there might have been a little bit of luck involved. I don't think those are the two best shots he's he's taken all season or uh, he's My ever taken. My favorite part was the second goal when it because it was uh you know they didn't notice to go in, so you're waiting for the horn, right? And, but the best part of that was Palmieri scores, hits off like the back bar, and it rolls right to Parisi, and mm. he's got an empty net yeah. to you know just to make sure, and he just put it right back across the crease. Yeah. <laughs> so uh but but you know again sometimes you gotta do that sometimes you gotta steal a goal a game and get a little lucky and you win and then like you said that that was the most important one because it was like you could take a deep breath yes it was the rangers but like you could take a deep breath thursday felt very nice you know whew, okay and then it was like oh man now we gotta play carolina and uh that game was they really really played very well in that game there was a, a few moments of chaos but uh, and again sorokin had to be fantastic but as the game went on, they progressively took over more and more. And that was, that was a trots, you know, kind of signature too. Like they may, they might not have started out great, but by the end of the game, they were the ones in control and they were on the scoreboard. They were definitely in control. And uh, the best part of that, I'm surprised you didn't mention was uh, within the dying seconds, Adam Pellick had a chance to clear and he gave it up to two, two hurricanes. I don't know what he was thinking. And they both broke in and Sorokin made a save that I called the windmillia. He just had this, you know, <laughs> came out. He didn't catch it. He caught it off his off his wrist, but he swung that arm around like he was Dominic Hashik. And it looked it was awesome. And it was just a little little cherry on top of a spectacular that, uh, game. Yeah, it was great. That save and <laughs> he had he had a couple in the Rangers game with his right pad. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. just like, okay. This guy is not only is he on form right now or in form on song. But when he is, like we're we might be seeing a level that we didn't even see last year, uh, yeah. because that those were something out of a like yeah I I I don't know like how <laughs> how he he made any of those saves and uh, yeah. I I just like that the narrative around him in kind of the national media is look we all know Ilya Sorokin is good but is he as good as these other guys and I just hope that mm. continues for a long time and they're like you know <laughs> Sorokin's like leading the league with like a nine. 37 mm. save percentage in february and you know his, his goal save above expected is through the roof and he's leading mm. there and people are like yeah but you know can he do it for 
can he sustain it? Can he sustain mm. it for more than one season like the other guys can? Mm. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Shesterkin did it for one year um, <laughs> as well. But and the and the other thing too that's that is rich and is I'm I am not going to let this go without mentioning it. Uh, <laughs> so now that now that the Rangers um, are losing games where their uh, underlying metrics are are suggest that they should win, mm. all of a sudden these things matter. Yeah. And and oh no 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 don't don't worry about it like we we might not be getting the bounces but remember we're the pesky little rangers like we usually don't get the bounces like we're we'll find a way to fight through it just like we did last year like it's it's so funny how it's just like no no let me tell right. you guys like even though that team has got nothing but bounces for five years yeah right? they get like, all the bounces in the regular season and in the off season too right. like you you, <laughs> like you you have everything everything is right. is built to give you bounces like the league right. is kind of set up to help you. Yeah. I'm interested to see how, how people outside of here react to this because when the Islanders had lost three in a row, you started hearing like, what's going on with the New York Islanders right now? I don't know if, you know, maybe Lane Lambert's system isn't working. These guys are trying to figure out now that they've won three in a row against some pretty high, you know, high profile competition. I wonder if they'll be mentioned places like, wow, how about the Islanders? <laughs> I guess, especially that game yeah. against the avalanche where I'm surprised. I haven't said, I mean, yeah, it was, it was on NHL.com, but I'm surprised I haven't seen more like, wow, from three nothing down to to winning five four. That's pretty impressive. But if know. if if they mention on thirty two thoughts hmm. uh, that it's it was Josh Bailey's thousandth game at hmm. one time, yeah. I, I'm going to donate a hundred dollars to you know the Islanders Children's Foundation. <laughs> uh, you can you know I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it because I All I right. just don't I I can't imagine that. If they're, I don't. I just don't think that people. They saw they were two and four. Now they're going to see them five mm. and four, and people. You know, they, like you when you said, like when they lost those three games, like you know, now they got the Avalanche and the Hurricanes yeah. and Rangers coming to town. Like this could really get ugly. Um, but they win those three games. I don't think anyone's mm. going to revisit it because you know the Devils are too no. trendy. Uh, so I think the kind of general theme here is going to be, uh. You know, Ilya Sorokin, you know, stole the Islanders a, f- a few points. Um, you know, anything anything there besides that? Hmm. And they they might mention that it was Josh Bailey's 1,000th game, or they might I, not. So. I, I think Jeff Merrick may have mentioned it on his show on Friday. I, I don't know. They all kind of blend together. And it might have been in between mentions of how great Jack Hughes and Nico Hishier are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, what a, well, so if I, I mentioned it on, on, uh, on Monday's 32 Thoughts, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll so there you go. Right. Because, Keep an eye open. Uh, um, yeah, I just want to I want to yeah. see if uh if they do and 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 like I I want to see where that conversation goes cuz yeah. I really have no idea how people view them. Um yeah. because there's there's some funny shit going on around the league right now. <laughs> um the, right. the the Maple Leafs projected for 117 points depending on where you look for your 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 point yeah. pr- total projections are uh they're struggling and and nobody no you know that their their bottom six is a is a big problem. Mm. The best part of the Leafs thing by the way. Uh, and I, I need to bring this up as well is that the goalie is playing really well. Like yeah. Samsonov has played well. He's like the sixth best goalie in the league by mm. goal saved above expected to start they, the season. They just don't give a shit when they play. They just, <laughs> the Leafs just aren't, they're not playing hard. And that's the, and this is to tie it back to the Islanders. This team, like this entire season, save for that devil's game, they've played hard. Mm-hmm. Even the losses to the Panthers, like they weren't playing well in the, against mm. the, the second loss to the Panthers, but they played hard. They played really hard against the Lightning. So for for a team that was literally that is like the foundation of their path to success is 
you need to try a little harder because then mm. the, your opponents every night because you're just not as good as them talent wise uh most nights like it's good to see them doing that whereas yeah you're you can see what a team that's checked out looks like yeah. and and how hard it is to win because the Leafs are doing it right now and <laughs> if they're quitting on their coach mm. i'm horrified about you know Barry Trotz going there, absolutely horrified. Well, according to a certain Leafs blog that I read today, a lot of Leafs fans don't want Barry Trotz because he's boring and because they hate winning. Like, they love losing. They just want to lose all the time. That's their favorite thing to do. So why would you bring in Barry Trotz? Because all he does is win, but they like losing, and he's boring. It's it's the the mental and editorial right. gymnastics that people are going to have to do if this <laughs> if this really blows up it's going right. to be so fantastic it, it um but I, yeah, like their bottom six is falling apart and yeah. and we and what did what was the most annoying part of the off season because the islanders weren't doing anything so we couldn't mm. like get excited about us so i was just on you know following the leafs um and anytime they signed a guy or they brought someone in on a pto they're like perfect fit yeah. Zach, why zach Aston reese <laughs> is a perfect fit in sheldon keith's system oh my god nicholas obey kubel is going to be the next fan favorite <laughs> cal yarn yeah. signed to a four-year deal most teams would have wanted to give him eight like okay yeah. um and none of them are working yeah. uh wouldn't you know <laughs> and uh, so like everyone just got caught up because the the narrative was set by these yeah their their pro bono pr firm uh, mm. over at the athletic that uh and and those guys aren't working so when you know zach aston reese gets waived or nicholas albeck kubel gets waived or something like mm. and whoever the next guy is comes in that they'll get all pumped up about it but uh nobody's pointing a finger everyone's pointing to keith which is great because yeah. nobody nobody's looking at the guy who made who put this team together uh right. yet because well, of he's course, their boy how could you because so, he this right. is part of the plan yeah the two things i will say about the leafs uh, one, I found it incredibly funny that uh, during the intermission of uh, Flames Oilers, they had a 32 thought segment with uh, Merrick and Friedman, and uh, they talked about the Ethan Bear trade. Ethan Bear, defenseman, was traded from Carolina to Vancouver. He wasn't getting any playing time, and he's pretty good. Uh, but they didn't talk about, they didn't analyze what it means for Vancouver or Carolina. They talked about what it meant for the Leafs and whether the Leafs were involved in a trade that didn't end up doing any you know having any involvement with them whatsoever were they involved do people were they in on it did they they talk to anybody we don't know maybe it's possible who cares who cares this this trade involved two teams neither of which was the leaves i don't understand that's and i actually it's funny i was explaining to my my wife was like why do you guys hate them so i use that as an explanation as, as you know because that's exactly what happened so that's number one number two i am reluctant to dance on the leaf's grave right now because i have seen teams play very lackluster through the regular season and then go on to do great things in the playoffs. Caps did it in Barry Trotz's last year. Uh, If you're a very, very old school Islanders fan, you may remember the 1979-80 team was not very good during the regular season. Dennis Potvin missed a lot of time with a broken thumb. Sometime around March, they uh, picked up some guy named Butch Goring and they didn't didn't lose again (laughs) in the regular season and barely lost in the playoffs. So I'm a little reluctant yet. I will enjoy it somewhat, but... uh, Yeah, that's the thing is like, you have to just enjoy... Because, because yeah. in all likelihood they turn it around and they're right. better, you know. And but this and they started slow last season, so mm. you kind of have to just enjoy it in the moment without yeah. saying like, uh, they're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You, you know, and I was uh you know, listening to the Leafs talk, which is a podcast with J- J.D. Bunkus. Yeah. Uh, 
after every game and if they lose i i try to my best to to, <laughs> to, to carve out some time for it and uh it was great after the king's game and and the, the one thing that was pissing me off that they didn't mention was uh they played a very easy schedule and to bring yeah. us back to the islanders because we should talk about the islanders we, we, we will before the end yeah. so if, you, um, if you've been fast forwarding we're going to get <laughs> back to the islanders in a minute so. uh but the best thing was they didn't mention that this the the Leafs are, uh, they are four, they have nine points. They, they, mm. they have, they're, excuse me, they're four, four, and one through nine games. They have nine points. Um, and they've played the Canadians, the Coyotes, mm. the, the Sharks, the Ducks. Uh, they're playing the Ducks tonight, but the Sharks, the Kings, um, like the Stars, the Jets, they, they, they played a very easy schedule so far. Like the, And uh, nobody's mentioning that. Whereas now to bring it back to the Islanders, like we talked about how their first two wins came against also Rands. Mm. San Jose and Anaheim and so maybe we got too caught up in that and now if you take a kind of a wider lens look at the Islanders in the first nine games two against the Panthers one against the Lightning on the road one against the Hurricanes on the road one against the Rangers and one against the Avalanche that's six really tough games out of their first nine and I mean the Devils are good but right now so it's really seven right I think they're three and one um when they are the betting favorite and they're one uh, now oh, two and three when they're the underdog. So like mm. they've been the underdog more often than they've been the favorite, They, which tells you right, right away that <laughs> they've actually played a pretty tough schedule and that yeah. five and four, the, the, just, you know, ignoring the fact of how we got to this five and four, this <laughs> was an absolute roller coaster. Right. We're not even a month into the season. Yeah. You, you would have signed up for it right away. New coach, you know, a, a tough kind of stretch to start the season in terms of overall opponents. Um, it's it's really hard to kind of thumb your nose at a five and four start when you when you take yeah. a wider look. Yeah, well, and it looks a heck of a lot better than two and you know seven, two and seven. Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> uh, couple of things. Yeah, that no, that's important to note about the schedule as well. But uh, a couple of things real quick before we get to the break uh, on the Islanders. One. Uh, we didn't mention him before, but I thought Oliver Walshman's looked really good in all these games yeah. too. He was he did take a boneheaded penalty against the Avalanche, and you and I joked in text that well, that's the last time he's going to see the ice for this game, and and it wasn't. He did play a little bit after that, uh, but he's been really good. He's been back checking. He's been running dudes off the puck. He's been you know hard on the puck, as Butch Goring likes to say. So he's really definitely uh, asserted himself, and we'll get to uh, why and, that's and, important. And you and I minute. were talking about like the Barzell line when he yes. got his chance last season. And we're like, dude, like hmm. don't keep clamoring for this guy to play with Barzell. He yeah. didn't show anything. So, but Barzell, he's, he's, Bailey and Wallstrom has been very good this year. It's been so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, the, the, every line has been good since yeah. he's put them together like this. Yeah. Uh, I saw some people complaining about Barzell because he has no goals. He has 10 assists. I think the goals will happen. He's been great. He was like, yeah. particularly good against the avalanche and was very good against the hurricane. So uh, you know, I, I think those will happen. It is hilarious that he's got 10 assists <laughs> and then, but you know, they're spectacular in, in a lot of, I mean, his, his goal against his goal with Wallstrom, uh, in Carolina was, was beautiful. Like that was, that was what you want to see from those guys. So hopefully we see some more of that. And, uh, the other thing was, you know, not to, uh, you know, this is a, this is a very joyous podcast we've been talking about the whole time, but if there is a, a moment, a thing of concern that you want to look at as great as these three games were, they didn't really do a lot to sort of dispel the idea. And we talked about this last time too, that the Islanders really do need every line pulling in the same direction in order to be successful. Like you, they need that. You can't have one line taken off. Bo Nelson Lee got a little bit caught up in their own zone in Carolina. A couple of times, I think also against Car- uh, Colorado, 
you know, that, that line has a tendency to maybe get a little bit passive and a little bit hemmed in. They need to work on that. Um, the fourth line has still been great. Hopefully that continues, but we don't know. JG Pajot also not really scoring right now. He's playing very well defensively. Um, but you know, it, it, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you know, other guys are scoring. Paul Mary again had two goals the other night, but they, they cannot have a line take a night off like they, and that's just the way it's going to be with these guys because they have no big game breaker. Oh, and the big thing, I can't believe I almost forgot about this. Their power play is terrible. Oh my God. It's so awful. That was where I thought they lost the game last night because they had a power play, uh, late and they could have, uh, you know, tied the game and didn't. And I was like, man, these guys, their power play is just awful because they have no, they have no pure offensive talent. This sort of half court offense thing doesn't work for them because they don't have anybody that's good enough <laughs> to, that scores that can do this sort of stuff. And then they, you know, uh, Mayfield eventually tied the game right afterwards. So uh, those are, if you're going to be concerned and that's, that's fair. Uh, that to me is, uh, is the big thing. They're terrible power play and the need that everybody's got, you can't have a guy take, have a bad game because if they do, that's going to be a problem. So uh, that's yeah. my whole thing. <laughs> I think, I think the, the pad show, and I know you wanted to talk about Parisi. So yeah, you do that. But that when one, one of the things that putting Wallstrom, Barzell, and Bailey did together was, I think, put Pajot, Parisi, and Paul Marion. I think the three of them are very naturally yeah. made for each other. Um, yeah. And and Pajot was, stru- like all the other senators, centers, senators, like all the other <laughs> he centers. He was a senator, was, center. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, like the other centers, he was struggling to start, but he... Uh, started to do the little things, like the notice noticeable little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in I guess the Hurricanes game, uh, and they started to pop pop up again in the Avalanche game. And uh, Parisi's goal uh against the Avalanche was just I I felt like he was whacking away at Georgiev for three minutes, and the 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 joy on his face to get rewarded for what was the most sacked Parisi goal uh, <laughs> ever, and and. I, one one of one thing that I kept thinking about when the Islanders' season was over a couple days ago was that how how sad I was that they were gonna have two seasons with this guy and and not really give him, mm. you know, even you know close to a run to mm. for a playoff spot or anything like that and and that really was was one of the most depressing parts about their season being over, um, and now that they're five and four. I'm like, okay, like let's let's you know, let's get Zach. Let's get Zach some big games in the spring. Like cuz it will be so much fun to watch him do exactly what he was doing to uh to Alexander Georgiev uh, yeah. uh October 29th to watch him do that to uh you know Tristan Jerry in a huge game in like the middle of March where the Islanders can can climb into a playoff spot or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I no, I agree. I think that line that line is a good one. Even if they don't score, they do generate chances and stuff. And hopefully, it gets you know they get more uh, goals than you know. Or Zach Parisi just pulls the puck out of the pile and scores more often. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, okay, we are gonna take. Oh, my my thing with Zach Parisi is he's great. And <laughs> I used to my thing was years ago back in 2014. I was very excited that the Islanders had acquired Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty, but mainly Johnny Boychuk. And I told my wife, I'm like. If the Islanders win, and remember, they got off to a great start that season, too. I said, if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup and Johnny Boychuk signs a long-term deal, I'm buying myself a Johnny Boychuk jersey. She was like, yeah, okay. Uh, he did sign the long-term deal. They did not win a Stanley Cup with Johnny Boychuk. But I'm going to amend that to say, if the Islanders win a Stanley Cup with Zach Parisi on the roster, I'm buying a Zach Parisi jersey. Because he just means so much. Like, I just, I know it's been over a year season now, but, man, I just, 
he just it just feels like he just feels right like he just feels like yeah. he's playing there and i'm just I, I almost it almost brings a tear to my eye to see this guy play i know it, it sounds I, corny, I was just but about like... to say there's there's <laughs> something there's something incredibly emotional yeah every every shift with yeah. parisi and, and it, yeah it, you know it's like it's almost like those like in like in like a movie like rudy yeah <laughs> like the whole crowd getting up and chanting Rudy, right. the slow Rudy. clap yeah you yeah. know and and it's just I, you know and maybe you know it's easy to be like i wish you know he should have been an islander whatever 15 years ago but maybe that wouldn't it wouldn't feel the same and so we had to endure this sort of 15 years of stupidity where right. he was a devil and, and a member of the wild and you know it's not like it, it, you know it, not having him hurt the islanders for sure but it's not like he himself particularly hurt the islanders which i guess is pretty good but like having him here now at 36 and like doing these sorts of things. And he's been great this season. His motor is still good. He's scoring goals. Uh, it just, it just tear, makes me tear up. I don't understand. It's crazy. Uh, okay. So we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some other things, including their upcoming uh, three game stretch and uh, a roster move. I know crazy, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. We'll talk about that and a few other things too. All right. So come back on the other side. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt and the Island merch. And our portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Dude, go buy that Island merch. It's great stuff. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so uh, there was a roster move earlier, I should say last week. Uh, the Islanders put Kiefer Bellows on waivers, and he was claimed by the Philadelphia Flyers. We have here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, let you all in on a little bit of a secret. We actually have acquired the actual voicemail message from Lou Lamorello to Kiefer Bellows, alerting him that he is, was selected by the Philadelphia Flyers. So we're going to play that right now. Again, this is an exclusive. So, you know, we're not going to divulge where we got this from. So you'll just have to enjoy right now. This is Lou Lamorello calling Kiefer Bellows after he was selected on waiver. Kiefer, this is Lou Lamorello calling. As you know, yesterday afternoon, 
you were placed on waivers. I am calling to inform you that you have been claimed by the Philadelphia Flyers and are no longer a member of our organization. This is part of the business. Thank you for all your contributions to the New York Islanders, and we will see you at Alumni Weekend 2041. This has been Lou Lamorello. Thank you. That's it. That's true. That's that's actually the voicemail. That's, that definitely wasn't me just talking like Lou Lamorello. But yeah, yeah. so Kiefer Bellows is gone. He's not here anymore. He was a first-round pick in 2016. Uh, he's 25, right? Like, isn't that how he's almost, he's, is he older yes. than Bell and then Beauvillier? He's older than a lot of guys. Honestly. And, uh, and look, it, it's weird. Like he's a first round pick. I get it. People were like, Oh, what are they going to do? They don't have any scoring. They let this guy go. What scoring was Kiefer Bellows doing? Like no offense. <laughs> like I find it funny that people are like, Oh, what about scoring? Who was scoring? What scoring was he doing? I don't understand. Uh, I, I hope it works out for him in Philly. I hope he doesn't come back and, and kill the Islanders at a later date, but. I'm not going to shed too many tears about Kiefer Bellows. It is, sometimes it doesn't work. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah it, it, <laughs> there, there's a couple of things here. One, uh, I remember I was interning with Stan that that season where the Islanders waved DiPietro and whatever. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it was Oposo. Somebody in, in did an interview and was uh, – and maybe this is off the record and I'm breaking a code here actually, but, but like if someone, someone had mentioned it and like, Oh, like, you know, how's it feel right now that like, you know, like your guys are nabby and pooling going forward. And they, they couched it without like throwing Rick under the bus. And he's just like, you know what? Like it kind of just feels good to know, like that, you know, that if, if it's nice to know that these guys are being rewarded and, and, you know, it does feel like there's a little bit of like a weight lifted out of the room or something. And, and, I think he was like kind of just getting at the, the, the media circus around Rick as much of a media circus as you can yeah. have with the Islanders, obviously. Uh, but whatever. And, but, uh, but it also like kind of showed the guys in the room, like we know this guy wasn't pulling his weight. We we want to win. We're holding him accountable. Hmm. And I think that actually, you know, that stuff does light a spark for a team uh, and it can, and it can, can work like that and 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 i think bellows like the writing on the wall was was for bellows was there for a long time like a long time um he had the you know he got the vote of confidence in training camp and played a dud Mm. in the season opener the home opener was an absolute dud and and i get it was one game but it really wasn't like this was game 70 or whatever it was in his islander career and if you're not going to be able to get up and like show forth in that game, in that situation, when you know, like, you earned this roster spot, like, now you got to hold on to it. You know, that's a little strange. Um, and the other thing is, so I think, like, yeah, like, there's probably a little bit of, like, a, a lift in the room, especially for a guy like Wallstrom, who now knows if I lose my roster spot, it's it's solely on me. Like, there's, you know, there's never going to be a, oh, you know, we, we just wanted to get Keeper some game time, right? Like, they're not going to sit Wallstrom mm. for Nikita Sashnikov or Ross Johnson. So um, I think that's important to a team. And, but the other thing too, is you, you just knew what the reaction was going to be. Like, yeah, you, like people were gonna, wow. I can't believe like the Islanders are giving up on Kiefer Bellows already. Cause he, this guy's talked about like in a, in a, in a very much a Josh saying way, like he was drafted 18 months ago. Like Kiefer hmm. Bellows was drafted five years ago. Yeah. 2016. <laughs> Six and a half years ago now, yeah. Like it's it's not it's not like he he's you know a a two ratu's draft year or yeah. whatever. Like this guy was drafted a year after Matt Barzell. 
So and <laughs> and two years before Wallstrom and Dobson, this is right. not a thing. Like the Islanders have seen this guy for a long time. He did not he did not light light the world on fire in the mm. AHL. He certainly has it in the NHL. He's got a good shot, mm. but if he can't get it off, he's basically a net negative on the ice. Mm. Um, and he's kind of perfect for a team like the Flyers or the Coyotes, like because they can take be patient and and wait mm. to see if there is something there whereas the islanders can't like you yeah. can't they can't keep putting putting this guy and giving him top six or top nine minutes so at, when people were upset about it like they're like well why wouldn't you why would they wave him and not rush johnston like mm. we're because t- you're dealing with two extremely different roster spots and roles and right. if there's anything that you've seen with this Lou Lamarillo regime, Trotz, now Lambert. It's they love roles. Like they like yeah. guys having specific roles on a team. And Kiefer Bellows and Ross Johnston, they might as well be playing for different teams because their roles yeah. are very, very different. Yeah. Um, so now, they did wave him to to bring up uh, Sallow. Robinson, to, yeah. Yeah. As the extra defenseman before they went on the trip. And yeah, you're right. Like they, they're not the same guy. And this has been the problem with Beauvillier for years. Like Kiefer Bellows is not a bottom six player like he's a top six player he should be ideally and if he's not doing top six things well dude what are you doing here like i don't understand and uh yeah he's right in the same age group as as barzell and bovillier and those guys have made it and here's wallstrom now too who seems to have taken that step forward whether or not you know because because bellows is gone now i don't know but uh yeah people lost their minds and i'm like you know i just i'm i'm thinking back and i'm like what what are what do we think the Islanders are losing here? He would have a game, a good game every once in a while. He had that fantastic month in Bridgeport. Like he had that one month where he had like, you know, 11 goals or something. And, and he, you know, he ended up with like 22 for the season. But I, I you know, again, maybe it comes around to bite them, but the way people were acting was like completely anathema and detached from my Kiefer Bellows experience, <laughs> you know, where like, and I want to like this guy. No, no offense. Like I didn't, you know, I, I was excited for when they got him. That was a huge, a huge get, you know, people were really excited that they got him because he had played really well in college and, you know, he, he did, had a good junior career, but I don't know. I just, it's time to move on and, and it's enough already. So, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens in Philly. We'll find out at the end of November because they have back-to-back games against the Flyers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, know, can, you can definitely yeah. pencil Kiefer Bellows in for what three goals, and two of them will come come against the Islanders, <laughs> but which is fine. Like that's the the risk you take, of course. And, right. Yeah. Um, you know, it 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 just you know, it's I'm happy it's over too, and I'm happy yeah. that one one thing that was getting a little concerning with this team was that they just they, they really had an unwillingness to to delete players from the roster yeah, and I, very stale I mentioned that, overall yeah, yeah i mentioned that last week i think and that you, if you go back and you, you think about players that were traded away or cut or whatever it was always in the off season um it was very rare like sure they'd like send andy andrea off or like paula <laughs> they needed to do that or right. chalask whoever but like of talking about like the 23 guys that start the season like very rarely did they end up on waivers so yeah um like as as small a deal as it was, it was a pretty big deal for the Islanders. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> like I'm I'm excited too. Like it does give them a little more cap space as well. Uh, yes, it's, it's inexplicably Kiefer Bellows was making one point two. <laughs> well, th- and that's the thing people brought up too. Like, well, if you were going to waive him, why did you sign him to a one point two million dollar contract, dude? They didn't think they were going to waive him. Like right. that wasn't they weren't expecting that. And then I love the people that are like, well, why didn't you find a trade partner? 
who is trading for Kiefer Bellows? Right. Like, who is giving up an asset for this person? Like, that's that I, I love when people are like, well, why didn't they just trade the guy? You don't think he tried? You don't think Lula Amarillo called every team in the league probably four times that as a guy they they probably didn't want him for that salary, or they wanted to the Islanders to retain, or they wanted to send some some schlub back that is also was not going to fit on the roster. So like that, that's not a solution. Like, I don't understand, you know, I think Lou Lamarello knows how to make trades. He's been doing them for quite a long time. So uh, this is, this is how it works. You know, they put the dude on waivers and there you go. So uh, also speaking of Nikita Shostakov, I don't know what, what his story is. Where, where is he? <laughs> I thought, did he play? He didn't play. Did he play against Carolina? I'm not sure. No, 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 he didn't, but he appeared in uh, the yeah. video. The, the oh, Josh right. Bailey video that we could yeah. talk about soon. Okay, we'll, we'll get to the Josh Bailey video in a little bit. I, I do want to look ahead at these games. By the way, uh, his first game with the Flyers, uh, Bellows is rocking a twenty-one uh, percent Corsi four. So uh, yeah. we, hopefully, we don't we don't know if he'll even make that game against those games against the Islanders <laughs> and, and, at the end of November. The, the, the fit is so funny with him, right? And Tortorella. Tortorella, yeah. It's so funny. Like, oh <laughs> Jesus, dude. Like, no, but what but he, what you said makes like, sense. Not. Like, what's oh sorry, what was that? I was gonna say like you didn't like trots like get. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> right? Um, but no, but it is it is a weird fit. But like you said, the Flyers they have you know the time to, to they're doing really well this year too. Like they they have the time to try this guy out, and also they had a bunch of dudes get hurt. Like that was the thing they had a lot of fly. I mean, Sean, Sean Couturier might not play this season. Not that Keeper Bellows is a replacement for Sean Couturier, but like that opens up a spot there. So so we'll see. I don't know, but uh, good luck to Keeper. We'll, we'll see uh, how that happens. But uh, hey, what are you gonna do? Uh, okay, so let's look real quick at the next three games coming up for the Islanders. Uh, they are all on the road, and they were they are all in the old uh, Norris Division. So this is going to be a kind of a throwback uh, stretch here. Tuesday at Chicago, eight thirty start there. Thursday at St. Louis, eight p.m. start there. Hey Dom, enjoy the game if you go. And Saturday at Detroit, a one o'clock game. Um, all of these teams are not bad. All of them have had their issues. The Blackhawks are going to be without Seth Jones for a good month or so. He broke his thumb. The Blues, all of a sudden, they went from being a cup contender to all of a sudden really struggling. They got lit up by the Habs the other day. Uh, so that might be a, a sign of uh, bad things coming. Uh, but again, these are all at home. And then the, the Red Wings are having a resurgent season. They look they look much like the Islanders. Like They found a lot of confidence in the last couple of games. Detroit, again, historically not been a great place for the Islanders, especially 1 o'clock you know, afternoon games in Detroit. So... Uh, we'll have to see, but it's so funny, and we talked about this before. You know, last week we're looking at an eleven-game potentially losing streak. Well, if they lose these three, then they lose the next three. After that, it's a problem. Now I'm looking at these games, and I'm like, they can win these games. You know, <laughs> like they're not going to be easy, but they can win these games, and like we could be looking at a six-game winning streak. You know, so I don't know. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx them, but these are three games that that they can win, and yeah. hopefully, they can they can do that. You know, it's going to not going to again. It's not going to be easy. So kill me if they lose them, but it, it can be done, as we saw. Yeah, I think that uh, that Blackhawks game, mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty quickly after that Avalanche game, I started to think about it. And I'm like, oof, that, there's there's so many different kinds of terrifying. Every game is terrifying, obviously, <laughs> right. and and this one is just so terrifying because it it does just un- it has the potential to undo a lot, sure, of the goodwill. So yeah, it's a little little scary, but they you know they should win that that game, you know, going away and you know you. We were talking about how, you know, that their last three game stretch, man, like if they can just get three points, that would be incredible. And now this three game stretch, you're like, if they don't get four, it's it's a huge disappointment. Yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's just uh, this is this is the regular season. This is what we missed last season, right? Like this right. is this is why last season sucks so much is like you're 
you live and die with every game and with every three game stretch and every, you know, that trots was always saying, we look at it in, in season, uh, you know, five game spurts or whatever. And you want to win three out of the five or, mm. and you really don't want to just win one out of five or um, whatever he would say. And um, you, you really did live and die in, in, in those kind of segments. Cause the season, and it's not just because of the podcast, but the season ends up naturally kind of breaking into these, stretches mm. where um you know they had their four game homestand to start didn't necessarily pass that uh mm. then the the florida two-step mm. of course they fa- failed that one miserably um <laughs> and then they passed this this three game gauntlet with flying colors so now you look at this one and you're thinking okay like this this mm. is this is the kind of consolidation to, you know you, you broke serve now you gotta you know hold hold your own serve to consolidate it and um you know, should they, should they accomplish that? Like you're talking about, uh, man, that those the ne- that next home game, which is uh, I think what the, the seventh or something? Monday the seventh against, yeah, against Calgary. Um, yeah, for a Monday night against the Flames, if if the Islanders put together something through the Midwest here, mm. that yeah that that Monday night against the Flames, that crowd's gonna be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, this is, you know, like, it, there are two potential, you know, and I'm going to throw like the, the phrase devil's games out there. Like there are two potential games that like could end up looking like the devil's games here, but, uh, where they just don't show up basically and get run out of the building. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I, again, I think they, they know what they need to do to win now, which might not have been the case in the early going, but we'll see again, th- these are winnable games and not, not easily winnable, but winnable. So I think they can, they can play on a level with these guys detroit actually is the one that scares me the most because they're young they're fast and uh they got a lot of juice right now so we'll see what happens chicago and st louis are old they're old they're old and busted and you know we don't know what what's going on there so uh, we'll see but you know again these are these are going to be tough so check back next week to see what the tenor of that episode is like and you know (laughs) actually uh i will stop and say right now uh i that's a joke because uh, I, we don't know what next week's episode is going to be like. Uh, we might have something very special uh, planned for everybody. I, I'm still working on it. Um, and we might do a quick recap of these three games on Saturday. We'll see, I, I don't know. Uh, our schedules are getting really weird for the next week or so. So we're going to try and put together something next week. Take a look. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll know when it comes out. It'll probably be pre-scheduled. Also, this Friday, new episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast. It's great. It's a multiple player episode. We love those. So you will have that as well. Uh, but we might have some kind of cool Islanders anxiety thing for you next week after those games. So turn back then. Uh, okay. A couple of quick things uh, before we wrap it up here, we, we had, a, we're going to machine gun through a bunch of these. Uh, you mentioned it before it was Josh Bailey's 1000th game. Go back and listen to our episode of Josh Bailey, 1000 game special. Uh, we talk a lot about him, but they had the ceremony uh, real quick. So his 1000th game was in Carolina and uh Kudos to the folks in Raleigh for giving Josh Bailey a nice ovation. I got to say that was very heartwarming. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows any Hurricanes fans out there. That was really nice of them. I, I was I wasn't expecting. I mean, again, this is Josh Bailey we're talking. It's not like Zdeno Chara, you know. Like this is Josh Bailey, and I'm surprised people are like, "Oh, I never even heard of this guy before." But it was nice. It was very nice to see. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think I mentioned this on this podcast before. I, I'll uh, do like guest spots on uh, Adam Gold, who's who does a podcast about the Hurricanes, and he's like a radio sports radio talk host in uh in raleigh and so um he he was texting me just like hey like good luck tonight whatever and i said thanks like you know we're screwed (laughs) they suck um but um 
the Bailey thing happened. And I was like, I was like, nice. Like that was, that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and he's like, yeah, Bailey's such a good solid player, man. I've said mm. it for years. And I was like, <laughs> God, no sure. way. Like, really? and yeah. I, and he was so confused why I thought that was such a big <laughs> deal. And he just said a solid player is a solid player. And I was yeah. like, no, let me next time we're on the phone like i can go deeper because it'll take a while right that's pretty funny uh and then at home the next night against the avalanche they gave him the famous silver stick uh they presented uh his wife with flowers his three kids were there his mom and dad were there his mom and dad were also in raleigh by the way and they did an interview and uh his dad was like, shout out to Garth Snow for taking, <laughs> it's like, oof, yeah. I, I mean, that's funny, but also, like, you know, I wonder what the uh, the reaction was inside the Islanders' uh, offices, but it was kind of cool. And then uh, they had a couple of paintings. Oh, they had a painting and then the signed jersey, and it was all very, very nice. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I started getting a little bit misty again, but the thing that really drove it home for me, and I, I, I'm going to assume it was for you too, wasn't any of that stuff. It was when people started singing the Josh Bailey song at the end of it. And like he started seeming like getting a little bit misty too, and it was so funny. And I'm like, this song is killing me. <laughs> he's doing this, you know. He's got this very solemn ceremony. He's getting the still silver stick, which he skated back to the bench with, by the way. And Brendan was like, "What's he gonna do? Play with it? Like I don't understand. Why is he bringing it back to the bench?" Um, and uh, but the song, hearing the song in this whole thing, really just it brought it all home with such crashing clarity oh my god this guy has got a thousand games in the nhl he's got his own theme song it's crazy so kudos to anybody that was singing the song at, at ubs arena i heard you it affected me i appreciate it and uh and again congrats to josh but you you really the video is really what yeah. you said like really yeah, the whole, that whole ceremony <laughs> like it was and and uh, i was watching with emily and she was like she's like wow like he's his family's like really enjoying this and i'm like look yeah. at him like he <laughs> he's he's about to cry like josh bailey is mm. so stoic and right uh you know you think to that bruins game where in game five what was it on the road where he made a mistake uh the bruins ended up scoring on it uh and then they flashed to him right on the bench and he just had that you know yeah he was like okay know, all right yeah it's like he stepped yeah. on a bug by accident you know it's <laughs> not, not gonna affect him right. um look on his face and 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 this like seeing emotion on him and seeing like seeing just how much it affected him yeah was really yeah, you know, it made me love him even more, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that video. So there's obviously a lot to unpack here. Um, beautifully done. Another thing about like the Islanders is seven years ago, 10 years ago, if it was like, I don't know, uh, Trent Hunter's 1000th game, it, it they would have done like a little thing. But the, the amount of kind of class that they've added to the organization for these kind of moments has just been ratcheted up a notch um, since I would say Ledecky and Malkin took over uh, because this, I was, I, I was just so happy with, with how they handled it. They made it as big a deal as, as you know, you and I would have. And then yeah, that video, man, I, I, I swear to God, I, I got up and I walked Elvis in the middle of the first and second intermission because when I saw that they tweeted out that video, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to need some – I need to watch this and with the, without the game on in the background because I want to focus right. on it and dissect every second of it. And, um, yeah, so I was walking him and, you know, he just stopped at, like, a corner and I watched the video and I, I like, did start crying, like, a little bit. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. But, like, at the same – like, I was, like, just, like, the way it started with, with Mayfield just – and then, like, it just goes through every one of them. Uh, and then you get to you know Mark Streit and Franz Nielsen, 
Kyle Poe. So like you, Doug Waite, I thought was the biggest surprise. And yeah. We could, you know, the elephant in the room, of course, is that uh, one of his former teammates was on it. The guy doesn't play for the Islanders anymore. And mm. you could just, you know, I, I loved that he was on it because mm. he's, he, you know, he, he is mostly robot, but he is also a little bit of a human being <laughs> and no human being is recording that video without thinking, I wonder what it would have been like for me. Yeah, you know, in that situation, I'm sure Poso thought it. I'm sure, um, you know, uh, Franz probably did too. But for this one guy, mm. even the possibility that that thought crossed his mind, and I'm pretty sure it did, like just makes me feel happy. Yeah, because he had to say, you know, this is a guy who stayed, who took, uh, you know, who took a pretty team friendly deal when it was signed to help Tavares stay and, uh. He didn't, obviously, and now he's got to, you know, record this video and the Leafs are dumpster fire for this, for right now. <laughs> and, like, it's just, it it feels, it felt good. Like, yeah. I, people were like, can't believe, like, he was on it and, you know, I didn't want to hear it. I was happy he was on it because those <laughs> thoughts yeah. naturally have to come across someone's mind. Mm. Like, yeah. oh, a, one jersey. And then, of course, like, just another subtle shot from Anders Lee. Like, this team is full of them, whether it's the Barzell. AAV, you can't be sure <laughs> if it is like if right. these are like little digs at him. But then Anders Lee coming on being like thousands games bails like all with the Islanders. Let's go, baby, or something like that. Yeah. It's crazy, so good. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, one guy took eleven million dollars to play for his hometown team that he loves so much, and the other guy took literally half that to stay with a team that you know. I mean, now they're very different players, obviously, but uh, yeah, one guy's one guy's a one jersey guy, and the other guy's. Two, if not more. We'll see what happens uh, later on. Maybe it gets dumped off to the Senators or Red Wings for cap space. But in any event, uh, yeah, it was it was a good job. They did a really, really good job. And now I'm going to go back and watch that video, too, probably. Uh, also in attendance that night, live and in person at UBS Arena, Islanders legend, question mark, Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Another guy like Josh Bailey took a lot of heat from the fan base. But uh, good to see A-Mac back. Yeah, that yeah, was... Uh, Looking like a regular dude just sitting in the and seats. He's, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's the he's the Ilya Sorokin man. Like he's yeah. without without that was a draft pick. So right, oh, that's, that's right. right. So yeah, he's yeah. Andrew McDonald, man. Yeah, not just because he was a warrior and like he did like just try mm. so goddamn hard, but he's a an Islanders legend because yeah, yeah. You know, when they traded his rights to the Flyers, they uh, right. they used that pick for Ilya. <laughs> It's all right. You know what? We'll we'll give him Kiefer Bellows in <laughs> to square up. You know, you know what? It's it's been a long time now. Why don't you get to take take this guy too? Mm-hmm. There you go. But uh, no, it was good to see him. It was nice seeing him there. Hope he had a good, he had a good time. A uh, couple of things, other things, real quick. Uh, a teammate of both Bailey and McDonald, and who is now a member of the MSG broadcasting crew, a favorite of ours. One Thomas Hickey. Great to see him on there. Uh, his we we I mean we said for years that like. This guy's going to be an analyst or a broadcaster, and and we were right. <laughs> uh, but it's mostly due to him. His insights are great. Uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit of growing pains. He did call the Islanders we a few times in their opening uh, thing in Carolina. I'm sure every every ex broadcaster, every broadcaster who is an ex player for that team does that. I'm sure some guys probably do it all the time. But uh, his insights were great. He had a lot of really cool things to say about that game. And and his hair, in the words of Warren Zevon, his hair was perfect. So good luck to, to Thomas Hickey. Hope to see him yeah. more. Uh, it was weird that they started him in Carolina and not, you know, the home game against the uh, the Avalanche. But uh, 
you know, AJ's not going anywhere either. She's still here. So Hickey's, I guess, will rotate in every once in a while. I guess Hanson Carter's probably doing some national stuff. But that was great. I mean, you must have felt that as well. Because I know you, you and I are both, we're, we're like conductors on the Hickey hype yes. train. Like, we love that guy for a long time. So it was cool to see. Yeah, it was great to, to see Hickey. Um, a lot of people were like, you know, like, damn, he looks good. Like, he, mm. he's such a handsome guy or whatever. Uh, and then I said it out loud, and Emily was like, he's he's not handsome. Like, Matt Martin is handsome. He's just a nerd with good hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, but, uh, As a yeah, nerd he's... with bad hair, I am very offended by that. But there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like the type of guy, that, because cause he kind of went to the to the hockey wilderness, that um, he uh, – I was, like, a little worried that – I was just hoping there wasn't going to be, like, a sour taste in his mouth. Mm. um but yeah seeing him come back was uh was nice because like i just think it it kind of shows that um you know what how he kind of views himself that he is still you know is an islander and and will right. be here for a while and uh yeah he was he was really good and, and fun to listen to yeah definitely and uh again not not surprising if you've been uh paying attention to the man this whole time finally last but definitely never ever least we must shout out our former mentor, our friend, the legend, the maven, Stan Fischler, who had the press level named after him at UBS Arena. An incredible honor. I don't know, know how many people have ever gotten this. There's a couple people mentioned. Uh, I, think the Le- I think the Leafs have one. I think the, the, maybe the United Center one is named after somebody. I'm not even sure. But uh, this is a huge thing. And if you've seen pictures... They have a, a big showcase with Stan's, you know, typewriter and hockey sticks he used and clippings and books. I think I own half of those books. In fact, I just bought one <laughs> recently, the Power on Ice book that he wrote with, he co-wrote with Dennis Potvan. I have a copy of that. I just got it a few months ago. Uh, and I regret not taking that from Stan's office when I, when I worked there. I should have. I took a, I took a library full of other books, uh, but not that one. I don't know why. Um, but you know, we, we can't be, we couldn't be happier for Stan. Again, this is well-earned. Uh, it's it's a beautiful tribute to him. And I think, you know, what's cool, I thought about this too, like, you know, a lot of out-of-town reporters, obviously, I think by this point, everybody knows Stan Fischler, but like, I don't know if a lot of out-of-town reporters understand the length of time that this man has covered this team and all of the things he's done, you know, right from the very beginning in 72 and done broadcasting and, and, uh, you know, writing and, and all kinds of coverage for them. And it goes back years. And then it had stuff from like his, his days of playing in Brooklyn. And I, I maybe mean, like New York Rover stuff is in there. And so uh, I'm sure there's stuff for his, his wife, Shirley in there as well. So uh, it was awesome to see. I'll probably never see it live because we're never going to get a press credential from the Islanders, but uh, I'm, I did soak in those pictures and, and for a good long time. And uh, it was really cool to see. And uh, congrats, Dan, uh, you know, nobody yeah. else deserves this, but him. So yeah, he's uh, the best. Nice and to, and to- yeah. To, to quote Zivon again, uh, yeah, I'd like to meet his tailor. The the <laughs> the, the look of of that Stan look when that the picture was kind of making rounds of yeah. him and Ally Afraidy, yeah. where Stan is smoking the cigarette and drinking a Coca Cola in the locker room, and <laughs> he just looks incredible. And right. he looked incredible there too. Like you, yeah. when I worked for Stan a decade ago, he looked he might look younger now than he did then. Um, yeah. I was yeah, it was just so nice uh, to see, and and I'm happy that. It happened on a national game. Yes. Too. Yeah, it happened before uh, the Rangers game. Yeah. Yeah. So like Jonesy and, and uh Kenny Albert were talking about how Stan needs to be in the hockey hall of fame. And yeah. I think, you know, obviously that that's starting to get some more momentum. And I think we we're pretty close to getting him there. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. But and 
you know, Brendan, I don't know what Brendan, you know, I'll have a little bit of whatever Brendan was having this week because he <laughs> kept, he kept calling everybody on the ice, Josh Bailey for one of the games. Like he was like, Oh, what a goal by Bailey. <laughs> like that was a, that, was, that guy plays for the hurricanes, Brendan. Uh, like, uh, I don't know what was going on there, but, and then, and then, but there was a great moment with the Stan Fischler thing where Butch was like, you guys got to come up and check it out. And Brendan was like, well, they can't because you know they'd be arrested. <laughs> and then he was like, "Tell them Butch Goring sent you. They'll let you yeah, out." Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but but yes, it was that, that was a beautiful way to kind of like yeah sum up the fish in the press box. But uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. No, it w- it was very cool. And uh, and again, a, a beautiful tribute to a guy who who's earned it uh, by by far. Uh, you know, I, I love the the old pictures of Stan too when his beard was like four times thicker than it has been since I've known him. And since you've known him, you know, he had that super big, thick, bushy beard for a while there. And, uh, and then the pictures of the office too, that I know, you know, that I know uh, really brought back a lot of memories. So it's very, very cool. And it's very cool. The Islanders to have done that. Oh, last thing real quick, uh, kind of along those same lines, uh, the game against the avalanche was seventies night. Special guest was Chico Resch. He had a great bit, you know, in the pregame with Butch and, and Shannon, that guy is so full of life. I love I love Chico to death. He needs to be in the Islanders Hall of Fame. Like if you're not going to put a guy like Chico Resch, whose number you're not going to retire, but who is literally still in the top three of all the goaltending stats this team has, and they traded him 41 years ago. If you're not going to put him in the Islanders Hall of Fame, what is the purpose of the Islanders Hall of Fame? That guy needs, he needs to have his number there or his name there, I should say, because people need to know how great this guy was in the 70s and uh and how much he brought i mean he's he had that personality back then too and it's just so funny if you go back and read stuff and it's like of the two of them you know they they were both equally as good but chico was the guy everybody loved because he was funny he was quotable he was always smiling he's kissing goalposts he's laughing and billy smith is the guy who's like don't talk to me on game you know <laughs> so uh it, it worked out they were good friends and they're still good friends but i i, I want to see you know i don't know what their plans are for the islanders hall of fame but if they're going to start adding names, Chico Resch has got to be the, like one of the first guys on. Come on. Again, don't, you don't have to retire his number. It's fine. I get that. But like, man, just what is the purpose of that? If not for guys like Chico Resch. So that's my, that's my stance on Chico. Love Chico. Bring him back all the time. Cause he's great. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No. Yeah. He's just, he's just the most seventies guy too. So yes. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Even his nickname is, is, uh, yep. is 70. So yeah, perfect. Uh, okay. That is enough. We've talked enough. We've, we've had a very effervescent episode here and uh, hopefully that will continue after Chicago, St. Louis and Detroit read lighthouse hockey every single day. If you're most up to date, Islanders news and discussion, vintageicehockey.com, uh, anxiety, the code, save 15% by Al Arbor and the Island merch, the pinoproject.com buy your wines. It's great. Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. And uh, a quick thank you to everyone who reached out after the last episode to, to, to say they enjoyed it and it helped. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Uh, Champions League is starting soon, in like three weeks, right? So what's, Yeah, the World Cup, yeah. There? World Cup. Yeah. I'm a dope. World Cup, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, pretty exciting and yeah. going to be strange. But, um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean... It's it, it it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a whole like yeah it's there's a yeah I, I, <laughs> follow Mike for more insight like this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and of course, read his work at Action Network as well. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll be back at you again, hopefully soon. We do have a, a cool idea in the works. Uh, hopefully we can, we can pull that off. We had some technical issues the last time we tried it, but uh, hopefully we can get that out there and uh, you know, maybe we can find some time to, time to recap these three Central Division games as well. Regardless of that, Weird Islanders, new episode, November 4th. Check it out. It's going to be great. Uh, and that's it. And we'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.